Now today, we starting out with a sidebar question. <laughs> it's a sidebar question, uh, which means it wasn't on the email that was sent out. So other than with God, other than with God, and we don't even need a microphone to you for this, just yell it out and I'll repeat it just in case the people online can hear it. So other than with God, what are three of the most wonderful places in the world to be? Right here, right here at the church, Alaska, <laughs> Hawaii. That's three. Where? Montana. Well, if we're going to go that way, Alabama. <laughs> okay, how about this? In someone's thoughts, in someone's prayers, in someone's heart. tell you, James is probably the nicest guy. <laughs> so in, a, in the previous lessons, in the previous lessons, we have identified two of the ten steps that are involved in the new spiritual you. And those are self-discipline and intimacy. In this lesson, what we will do is explain the condition that permits in, in, <clears throat> intimacy to take place and that is simplicity we go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verses 16 through 18 and the Bible reads but whenever a person's turned to the Lord the veil is taken away now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, of being transformed, that's that word again, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Note that, note that in this passage, Paul says that the Christian, rather the Christian experience, that is, is one of transformation. It's, it's, it's one of an ongoing change. We find that spiritual maturity is a journey and not simply a destination. Yes, heaven is our destination, but spiritual maturity is a lifelong journey if we intend to spend an eternity in heaven. And because this is so, the process in itself then is difficult. The process is uncomfortable. The process is quite challenging at times. However... It's always a however. However, the satisfaction and the peace obtained by the experience far outweigh any inconveniences that we can deal with. Now, in our last session, I said that intimacy with God helps us to become more like God, helps us to become godly. The idea is this. The closer we draw to God, or better still, the closer I draw to God, the more he would mold me into his image and the likeness of Christ Jesus. It is a simple idea that, that we tend to copy and repeat. But note this here, though. We tend to copy and repeat 
the character and behavior of those we closely associate with, be they good, be they bad, be it God, be it Satan. So, an intimate relationship with God then yields a greater imprint of his character on us. Now, I also said last week that intimacy, that intimacy, that for intimacy to the, with God to develop, we must do two things. First of all, we must conform to his will. But James, you just got through saying transform. Well, yeah, we have a choice. We can conform to the world and transform into what the world would have us to be. Or we can conform to God and transform into what God would have us to be. So conform to his will and therefore we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this is where the first step of maturity, that is self-discipline, factors in. And number two. Number two, and this is very important, let God deal with us on his terms and not our, our terms. Not try to fit God into this mold versus we fit into the mold that God wants us to be in. Now in this session, we will talk about the third step of spiritual maturity. The condition that permits intimacy to take place. And that condition which permits intimacy intimacy to take place is simplicity. A simple life promotes intimacy with God. Now in the book we've been talking about uh, Chuck uh, Swindoll, uh, So You Want to Be Like Christ, he lists five sources of, of mind clutter or life clutter, if you will, that is common to the 21st century. And those things are say yes to too many things, we do not plan for regular leisure or rest, we rarely take the time to savor and enjoy the pleasure of accomplishments. We owe more than we can repay comfortably. And we think technology is actually simplifying and improving our lives. We're going to get a chance to talk on those in a moment because that is where one of those is one of our discussion questions. So, uh, but meanwhile, why don't we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to tell you guys now, you're not as fun as those DBS kids. <laughs> anyway, verse 2. For I am jealous for you with the godly jealousy. For I betrothed you the one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his trickery, your minds will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now note that Paul says something. He says that whatever physical goals we may have, and that could be to finish college, that could be to save for retirement, lose weight, etc., etc., etc. Our spiritual and thus our primary goal is simple faith and devotion in Christ Jesus. Now the Greek word for simple is uh, haplotes. And it means, a, a, it is a word referring to a piece of cloth without a crease in it. A piece of cloth without a crease in it. Too much clutter in my mind, too much clutter in my life, leaves too little room for simple devotion to God in Christ Jesus. That's the mindset. For intimacy to grow, we need to simplify. Better still, I need to simplify. I need to weed out the garden, if you will, of my mind. Weed out the garden of my heart 
in everyday life. So here are five, here are rather a few strategies we could use in order to simplify my life. Number one, learn to say no. Not every opportunity or need that we come across is a calling from God. Let's think about it that way. There will always be more things to do. And with that said, uh, in order, not only more things to do, but more things that needs to be done. And there's sometimes more things we have the strength for. But we need to choose carefully what it is we would do and what it is we can do. And trust that God, trust that God can raise others, bless you, to do the rest. For example, think about our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus back in the first century. He had 12 apostles. He stayed in his own region. He preached primarily to the Jews. The restricted nature of his ministry and simplicity of his life should serve as an example for us to not overcomplicate our lives. And the best way to do this is by learning to say no to requests where it's going to take more of your time and more of your energy than you have to give up. If it is truly God who's calling you, think about it. If it is truly God who's calling you, he will find a way to reach you. He will find a way to convince you. He will find a way to help you invest your life into a particular service or call. Think about that. And I can't say this enough. When I went down to Nikiski, the last thing I had on my mind when I came over to Atheist Church of Christ was driving seven years round trip to Nikiski and back. Good weather, bad weather, and different weather. One day it took me eight hours to get there on a sunny day. <laughs> Another time it took almost eight hours to get back in a snowstorm. That was not my plan, I'll be honest with you. But you know what? That was something that God opened up the opportunity for and gave me the strength and ability to do it. And I thank him for that. Number two, make time for rest without guilt. Sometimes we feel bad about taking a break. I mean, I work with the lady. She takes a break. She's off and off the whole week. And I get an email from her today. James, I need that information for this report. I sent her an email back. Aren't you on leave? <laughs> Stop working. This thing is not going anyplace. <laughs> It'll be there tomorrow. I go to work tomorrow. I can get that report done then. So don't worry about it. You off, be off. Don't feel guilty about being off. God designed us in such a way that we need rest. Let's face it. And a lot of it, I know I do these days. Jesus rested and he encouraged his apostles to rest as well. It is quite acceptable. Check this out. It is quite acceptable to do nothing at times. It's quite acceptable to shut down the machinery of thought. It is quite acceptable to shut down the constant turning of our ambitions and the ever-growing and demanded that to-do list that we like, have, like to have. It's okay to just shut that down. Number three, take charge of debt. Get rid of junk and material overload by paying down debt. Instead of staying on that treadmill of materialism by buying more stuff, invest in your peace of mind by lightening your debt load. Of course, the best way to control debt is to prioritize spending. 
And so I'm going to provide you with an example here. It's not saying this is the, the way to fix all things by no means, but it's an example to simplify, uh, to simplify things with a simplified spending plan, for instance. And this, this, the first one is a given. God's portion first. It is the sanctified portion. The second part, Caesar's portion, taxes, dues, etc. The third portion, obligation. Uh, family need, debt, transport. Fourth, yourself, savings, investment, education. And five, recreation, holiday, outing, and new purchases. There's nothing wrong with taking a vacation, and you shouldn't feel bad about saving for a vacation because we all need them. And we're not exactly on the road system in Alaska, and because we're not exactly on the road system, it takes a little bit more to get out of Dodge and to get back here. And these days, you suspect on getting back because they keep canceling flights, so, so it's something to think about, too. So by putting God first... I discipline myself for greater simplicity in my life. Since I am constantly putting God first and new stuff and playthings last. That financial shift then will ultimately make my entire life more about him and less about stuff. And that's much simpler to manage. Number four. Make time for you and God alone. At 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, the Bible reads, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, having cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares about you. The famous retailer and most of us older people can relate to this because we were around when he was around. J.C. Penney. And I'm told he was a devout Christian. Whether he was or he wasn't this, I do know. He said this. If you are too busy to worship on the Lord's day, if you are too busy to worship on the Lord's day, you are just too busy. To use logic like I used to have, you'd like to use if you are too busy to worship on the Lord's day, then you are just too busy. If I am too busy to worship on the Lord's day, then I am just too busy. There's something to think about. Now, said you get a chance to tell us what you think. Question number one, thought question. Take a moment and look at it. And after you look at it for a moment, I'll take Tracy to the microphone. <laughs> I knew that would get you. <laughs> so, the first question. The first question is, describe what your day would be like if you lost your cell phone. How would it be different? Well, I tell you about me. I would never be able to call any of you. <laughs> there was a time, especially when I was in the military before cell phones, my, my job was numbers. You could read out numbers to me, and I could remember them all day long. Now I have to go outside and look at my address on the post. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> you know? So anybody want to take a shot at it? Let me work back over to you. <laughs> My day would 
not be any different at all because I'm not addicted to a cell phone. I'm not, uh, uh, I don't re require one, and I don't use one hardly ever, only when I travel and Maryland makes me. <laughs> all right. It would be a glorious day for me because then I would not have to waste time later on getting rid of junk emails and text messages that, that don't even apply to me. Very good. Very good. Anyone else? Oh, should have brought my clicker with me. Tracy, I know which one you're waiting on. And as soon as you say you want the microphone now, say, that's the one you were waiting on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Number two. In, you, let's do it this way. In my opinion, which of the sources of clutter listed below most complicates my life and why? I'll bite first. Let me see. I was thinking about this one. Number three is one for me sometimes. I like doing things, and I like helping people, and I like accomplishing things, but I really have trouble acknowledging that I've accomplished something because I'm too busy trying to get to accomplish something else a lot of times. So I don't take the time to savor that. Uh, technology is another one. Uh, sometimes, Like I said, there was a time I could remember phone numbers. But now I need to look at my phone. And if I lose my phone or my phone go out, I'm stuck. I remember switching cell phones out once and the thing didn't transfer over. I was messed up. I had to pull out the directory. And start. <laughs> I was lost. And if it wasn't for that cute little thing where it saved the last number, oh boy. But the one that gets me is when somebody sends me a message without a name and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> so anybody want to mess with this one? Yes. Well, that's that's not to me a savoring. Saying thank you, Lord, is a given. But what I'm when I think about savoring, I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I did this, like. To me, it's like, yeah, thank you, Lord, but then I'm gone. I'm ready to go through something else. Yeah, so that's how I do it. But you may do it differently. And I'm and I got the mic right here for you. No, no, let her speak for herself. <laughs> do I say yes to too many things? I know. Did you want to say something? I do not. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Anybody on this one? Oh, here we go. Oh, well, we want the other people to hear you. <laughs> I think probably um, mine is number one, saying yes to too many things. Um, because, again, when, we've, when we see things that need to be done, then we, I, I won't speak for everybody else, um, tend to just say, well, yes, sure, I can do that, because that's not going to take me that long to do it. But when you have several of those not going to take longs, they become long. And then we become tired. Thank you. Anyone else? 
Okay, number three. <laughs> you guys had your fun all week with me. <laughs> number three, describe in your own words how the Greek word for simplicity, aplotis, a piece of cloth with no crease, adequately describes simplicity. And it gives an example like this. A piece of cloth with no crease is like simplicity in that... I had trouble with this one myself. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the example, the example, a piece of cloth with no cre- in, with no crease is like simplicity in that. So how is a piece of cloth with no crease? It, it, what is, what is, um, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like ironing a pair of slacks without having to crease them. You just press them and put them on. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else? Yeah, I tussle with that one too. Well, we, we, you have time. You have time. Because I notice sometimes what individuals do is they wait until we get through all five of them, and then they'll come back and cover each one in turn. Yeah. Cause, how do you, how do you, have you guys all heard that? So it's like instead of making a situation complicated, just keep it simple. Uh, Danny, we were in the military. We know that one well, don't we? <laughs> yeah, our supervisors used to tell us that all the time. Because us young airmen always complicated things. Okay. Number four. Describe the first step you would need to take in order to simplify your life. Tracy did not say anything, folks. <laughs> well, with me, I think with me, just to think about it, is get rid of some of the clutter. I mean, really, there is clutter. I mean, sometimes I do have clutter more than I more than I need, and getting rid of that clutter would make life a lot simpler. The response was just my shoes alone. <laughs> See how far away I have to be. So this one I think about kind of like what you said with um, having too many things in your life. There can be really good things. Lots and lots of wonderful opportunities. The way I try to do to simplify is to ask myself which of these amazing opportunities is going to take me closer to my goal whether that's a professional goal or a spiritual goal but always with the thought in mind is is this going to take me closer to God so whatever it is that's coming into my life 
will it take me closer to my God or will it be a distraction and take me further from my God? And that simplifies things. How true. <laughs> Anyone else? Not to have that chair there. <laughs> A concern with simplifying your life by by taking first steps like that is that normally you end up replacing it with something else. So that in and of itself it could be another challenge. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Well, here comes... Oh, there's a hand over here. Well, I would say the first thing to simplify your life is to trust God. Trust God and he will help you with certain things that he will find things that will, in your life, that will bring him closer to God. And sometimes it's hard. You have to try to figure out what it is. Like everything's going on in your life and it's hard to say what's important, what's not important. All right, thank you. Anyone else? We got number five coming up, and this is when I know everybody's going to say, bring in that mic over here, James, because I'm going to go one through five for you. And I'll just stand right here to give the mic to the first person. (laughs) So number five, in your opinion, or in my opinion, what do I think would be the greatest benefit for me personally if my life was more simple? What is holding me back from making a change? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the, uh, the response was my other personality. And, and yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to figure out. I thought about that, and I came up with about five or six things. But then it's kind of like Glenn said, as soon as I thought about removing that when I was putting something else in its place, <laughs> and it was just as complicated as the other thing and not as simple. But... So what I've learned is what is holding what is holding me back from making a change is to get out of your comfort zone and try new things. And that's what I found out. If you find out that you don't want change is hard for anybody. And learning how to say, Okay, yes, I can do this, will this help me get better? And then you'll be stronger in your walk. And that's what I found out the great the greatest benefit of that is that you learn to say, Yes, I can do that. I can help others. Change is really hard but you become stronger. Thank you. Well, uh, I just thought about something as well, and that is uh, I always used to think change was a difficult thing, but then I realized one day at a different job I had, my boss said this change is constant, 
And once I, once I embraced change as constant, things did get a lot simpler because it, it wasn't a big deal anymore. I mean, I can go to work tomorrow and they can say, I, I got to move my office to Honolulu, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't even argue with them. And that's the way I feel about change, you know. <laughs> of course, if they said I have to move to Nome, that wouldn't bother me either because change is constant. Anybody else? What, 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 wait, wait. There are 60,000 viewers want to hear your voice. <laughs> I think the things that, um, that is holding, what holds me back and what probably holds a lot of us back is just sheer stubbornness. And, um, I just don't want to, <laughs> but that's just being honest. I mean, we can reflect and God can show us things and then it's, it's that it, got to put your money where your mouth is. Are you going to change or are you not going to change? And if you're not, it's because you're being stubborn and rebellious. Isn't that the bottom line? That is so true. Anyone else? A cliche that I used when I was teaching boys to men 101, life 101, was when you change the way you look at things the way you look at things change and to add to what your boss told you time is constant consistent and continuous thank you thank you anyone else all right well thank you all for your participation this week Uh, i will have the uh questions for week four in the bulletin tomorrow and uh opportunity to contemplate those responses as well. You know, Josh, uh, you didn't get a chance to respond. Did you want to? Oh, okay. (laughs) So then, as we close up, simplifying my life will not only give me more time with God, but it will also give me more time. More time with God and more time. That's amazing how that works. It's kind of like when we give up our means, sometimes we think, you know, especially in the early days, think if I'm giving up my means, I'm giving, you know, the first part to God, I'm going to go broke, and then you seem like you have more <laughs> in there than you thought you had because you're using a different priority. And, and, and even with saving sometimes, especially if you got one of those jobs where you could have a, uh, what do you call it, deferred comp or something like that, and, and they're pre-tax dollars, you, you may put, let's say, $200 into, into that pre-tax account, and you think, well, that's $200 less I'm going to have, and you actually still have extra. <laughs> and you still put in something back to for you later. So, so uh, thank you all for being here today. For uh, those who are online... We thank you for joining us as well. And if you want to contact us, please, our contact information is on the board. In a moment, we are going to have a short Devo. And um, at that time, uh, if you're online, please call us if you have something that you need to talk to us with us, you need some prayer requests. But if you're here in person, you have the opportunity to come forward uh, when we're standing to sing. So uh, thank, again, thank you again for joining us. And just, just a quick... Uh, just a quick... 
what do you call it, plug for the VBS. It has been wonderful this week. It has been great. We have some great kids here. And they, one day they're going to be adults. And that is, that is going to be so much fun. That's going to be so much fun watching them. Well, we'll be, Jerry and I will be sitting back there in our rocker watching them. So, and enjoying it. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> So thank you all, and in a moment we will be having our uh, our uh, VBS, our devotional. (laughs) 